When I meet someone new and the conversation rolls around to exchanging our occupations, it never fails that when I tell the other person that I'm an educator, I get the bless your heart voice and the person usually says something like, oh, you must be so patient or teachers have the patience of Job or they move right to the fact that they could never be a teacher because they don't have enough patience. If patience is a virtue, I really have to ponder. I mean, really look deeply within myself to see if I really possess patience or if I'm just stubborn or maybe bossy or really persistent or gritty even. I am more patient now 27 years into my teaching career? I don't know. Not sure about that one. I've raised four kids. I must be patient, right? Still don't know. They'd probably laugh if they heard me say that. And as I'm turning, getting closer to turning 50 this summer, you'd think I'd have this patience thing figured out. But honestly, I really don't know. So on March 8th, our twig group We'll be giving teachers a space to think about patience. Today, I'm lucky enough to have an elementary and a high school teacher here to talk with me, a middle school teacher, a sixth grade teacher, to discuss how patience factors into our lives and our teaching practice. And just like teachers usually do, I had to kind of think about what patience is and what patience isn't. And so I immediately needed to define it. So I looked it up and on Google, um, I looked up the, on Google and the English dictionary provided the following definition. Patience, the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble or suffering without getting angry or upset. Now, that definition didn't quite fit what I was kind of thinking, so I looked at Merriam-Webster, and that the, the definition I received there was kind of more what I think me as a teacher might think of as patience. The ability to remain calm when dealing with a difficult or annoying situation, task, or person. Then I decided to look up patience as a teacher and Google gave me no less than 57,300,000 hits. So of course, I went to the memes because that just freaked me out and that was just way too many places to look. So I kind of looked through the memes and found myself chuckling to myself. And the last one that I kind of thought was funny and I almost thought about printing it out was a skeleton sitting at a teacher desk. And it said, teachers be like, I'm just gonna wait till it's quiet. And that one just made me crack up. This is the March episode of our TwigCast. I'm your host, Patty Wiseman Adams. Our producer, jo the one and only Jody Braun is working his magic behind the scenes. I'm a sixth grade teacher, a mom, and a Gigi to two grandsons. Besides that, I'm a member of the Teaching Writers Inquiry Group, known affectionately as TWIG, T-W-I-G. This month's topic is patience. My guests today are two fellow teachers, Lauren Lucas Barraza and Bree Gibson. Hey, ladies, 
Why don't you tell us, uh, tell our audience a little bit about yourself, Lauren, why don't you go first? Yeah, thanks, Patty. Thank you so much for having us on tonight. Um, I'm a first grade teacher over at Whittier Elementary, and this is my eighth year teaching elementary school, and it's my third year in first grade. Amazing. And Bree? Hi, uh, my name is Bree. I work at Ridgeview High School. This is my fourth year teaching um, and I teach almost every grade level. I teach ninth grade, 11th grade, and 12th grade English. Well, and Brie, do you teach um, all general English or how does that work? So I teach uh, a pre-AP ninth grade, uh, two sections, and then uh, I teach general 11th and 12th. So I can imagine right now, just by hearing what you guys teach, our audience is probably having one of the questions like, oh, first grade, Lauren must be very patient. Or, <laughs> oh, ninth, 11th, and 12th graders, Bree must have the patience of Job. Have you guys run into that where people think you automatically have to be just the most patient person because you're an educator? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> the time. <laughs> um, I think... A lot of times people make that assumption and I've, I personally never thought of myself as a patient anything. <laughs> I wouldn't say I approach most of my life with patience. <laughs> so um, anytime someone says that to me, I'm like, oh, you should really see <laughs> my life. <laughs> I have to agree with you, Bree. When I uh, originally went into elementary education, I told some of my high school friends that I wanted to be a teacher, and um, they all laughed at me and said, oh, my gosh, you're going to hate that. You are not patient at all. <laughs> and here we are eight years later. Uh, I love it, but it does take a lot of patience, and I definitely don't feel like I'm patient. Well, that, you know, that's interesting that you both say that because I feel the same way. I feel like, you know, like I said in my story, my, my kids, my own personal children laugh when, you know, I say that, you know, gosh, I'm really patient at school. And they're like, mom, you're the most unpatient, you know, impatient person. Um, but I think I really do have, I've gotten better and I've acquired some patience along the way. But I'm not sure how that happened. And I really want to, I want to kind of hit that with you guys. Think about being first year teachers again. Do you feel like you had patience that's the same as it is now? Lauren? Oh, no, I definitely don't think it's the same. I'm trying to think about that idea of can it be developed or, um, or taught, um, and I definitely think that my patience has changed over time, or at least my perception of my own patience. Maybe on, on the outside, I appear to be the same, but on the inside, I definitely do feel, um, I feel different. And I think patience changes, um, it changes throughout the day and, uh, from year to year. And then depending on the situation, I would, I, I do feel some things require a lot more effort in being patient and some things come a little bit easier in being patient. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. 
Brie, what about you? Um, I would say I have become more tolerant. <laughs> That's uh, a good word. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily know if I, uh, if the initial patience is really there. Um, just in thinking about uh, preparing to talk about patients today and my nerves about how little I view myself as a patient teacher. Um, something that just really came to mind for me was that, uh, kind of like you said earlier, um, I don't necessarily think I'm patient, but I do think I'm stubborn. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just think, I think I, I've become more relentless that I don't allow the distractions or frustrations or uh, chatting children <laughs> um, completely derail a lesson or completely discourage my day. Um, I don't know if that's patience, though. <laughs> I wonder, I'm wondering if that if that links to what Lauren said when she talked about her patients being situational, it sounds like, you know, that could, I mean, your tolerance level could go into that situation. Like when you were first starting, you know, there must've been that chit chat and the things that you were like, wait a minute. No, this is, this is, you know, it, it took your patience. Right. Yeah. So somehow you learned how to, overcome those type of situations and I think that's really worth exploring what did you do or and 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 Lauren this could go to you how did you get to that level where those those types of situations you were able to work through those yeah yeah um yeah, I really enjoy I really enjoy hearing other people's perspectives and words because it makes me think okay yes that's how I feel too. Um, thinking about like just allowing the, the chitter chatter, not getting distracted by other things. I think uh, my brain jumps to this idea of um, setting an expectation or having a focus, staying true to what the focus of whatever the lesson is or the topic or the goal, whether it's walking in the hall or learning a specific um, skill or teaching a lesson or playing outside at recess, whatever it is. Um, if I if I have kind of a goal in my head or a focus or set expectation of, of what I'm hoping is going to be accomplished at that time, it allows me to be a little bit more more or less patient depending on what the goal is and what's happening around me. Um, so I think that's why it's, it feels a little situational and the patients can fluctuate. Um, and maybe on the outside, it seems like it's not, but in my head it is, um, is just because I have a different level of expectation of myself and of my students or the people around me or the situation around me. I really like how you're mentioning setting that you, you kind of learn to set that expectation or that goal it sounds like that took a little bit of the, it puts, it puts the learner more in charge. Mm. Doesn't it? It's like, if you're setting the expectation, your goal then is to, to, to have them learn that, that or to perform, right? It's mm -hmm. not necessarily about you anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. And I definitely think it's something that, 
going back to your original question about if it's uh, something that we we had from the beginning or if it's something that we've kind of developed over time, I do think that there is that um, it has been developed over time um, because that's part of, you know, education and being a teacher is what, what am I really looking for right now and what do I want? And they kind of do go hand in hand a little bit. Um, because you set a goal for your lesson and on accident, you're setting a goal for your patience or your tolerance, I guess. It seems to be sneaky and it's not always uh, the intention, but that's kind of what's happening. And you're right. The learner is, is more the focus, which is kind of our goal as teachers. And when you first start out, we're really, I mean, we say that the learner is our focus, but it's Mm -hmm. really us, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, they're getting loud. What am I going to do? Uh-huh. And you're trying to process all of those things. Now, Brie, what happens in high school? Is it the same? Um, <laughs> to a degree, I would say um, things really don't change that much. <laughs> um, I would say that like disruptions to class are, are often really typical, like big emotions uh, disrupt the class, whether that's hunger or drama with friends or boyfriends or um, anything like that. But it can, when I was first teaching, I, I think I felt intimidated by those little disruptions. Um, And now I just see them as opportunities. I guess, I guess every disruption is just another opportunity to be a more patient person. I don't necessarily know that I've gotten much better at it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't necessarily see my seniors as that much different from who they were 12 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Right. What about, what about like the patients you have, um, you know, like we were talking about you, your patience level, you know, coming in as a, an educator. Do you find that patience, your level or lack of patience is the same in your other roles in your life or, or is it different or is it pretty much the same? You're the same level of patience in every role you have. And I'll start with Brie on that one. Yeah, to be truthful, um, I would say I'm less patient in other areas. The reason being just, especially during the school year, um, I commit so much of my day to keeping it together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Like when I have a moment that makes me feel very impatient, I can't take that out on a student. Um, and I think sometimes I save the worst version of myself for home. And it's something that I've been really, really thinking about in the last few months, just as, you know, so many people have started talking more and more about the strain that teachers are, um, under and the pressures that we face. Um, I, I don't, (laughs) I don't necessarily think it would be appropriate for me to let the worst version of my impatient self uh, act out in my classroom, but I can see a definite pattern emerging where, you know, I spend eight hours each day of like the core time of my day 
really, really trying to stay calm and trying to redirect and trying to be the most put together person in the room. Um, then I get home and I have very little patience <laughs> with anyone. Um, and that can be a real challenge. Oh, I hear that. Lauren, are you? Mm-hmm. Are oh you- my gosh. I'm just sitting over here going, yep. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Very well said. That's how I feel too. I can feel Lauren. I could feel Lauren nodding, and I was nodding, and I think we both were just like you. You know, preach, sister. That was. Uh That's it. So, if we know that, I don't know about you. No one talked about that to me Mm. when I was in my education program about you know, having that patience and how much I would have to be put together in that time and how I love how Brie stated it, saving, you know, so that I kept myself together at school. But by the time I got home, it wasn't my my best version of myself. Do you guys have any suggestions, you know, to other educators? Like, what is it we can suggest or what would make it possible for you to feel like you do have, you know, you're able to kind of level that so that your family doesn't get the worst version of yourself. Oh, I wish I had any advice on that. (laughs) I know that would be wonderful. (laughs) The, the thing that has like really helped me Again, I don't know if I will ever call myself a patient person, but I guess maybe I will get better at responding to things that make me impatient. Um, but when when we talk about trauma-informed teaching, um, we make the assumption that, you know, when a student has a meltdown or acts out in class, you know, it's, it's a lot more about what they're going through than what we're going through. And oftentimes when we're put in situations that like bring distress or make us feel frustrated or overwhelmed, what happens in our brains is like our ability to process Mm. and be thoughtful goes away. (laughs) And um, we're working in like what a lot of trauma-informed specialists call like your downstairs brain which Mm -hmm. is really good at like expressing emotion, but not really great at language, not really great at like logic. And um, so I really tried to take that approach in helping my students that, you know, when they make a snide comment at me, I don't make the assumption that they're just disrespectful kids um, Mm -hmm. and, and try to think about it from that perspective. But I don't often give myself the same grace when I explode or when I feel impatient or um, when something doesn't go exactly the way I want it to go, um, I forget that my brain can do the same thing, that I can abandon my own logic when I'm put in a position that is upsetting or um, isn't exactly what I want it to be. And um, so I'm trying, I'm trying a lot more to be to have that self-awareness to slow down and realize, okay, I'm really deep in this emotion. I can't totally express that to another person well. So what do I need to do to gather myself uh, before I 
you know, start making dinner or whatever it is. Well, and I, I hear you saying something key there that I really want to, I really want to point out grace with yourself. When we said, you know, when I asked you, well, what's something that we can do? I think you just hit it perfectly. Like we have to be grace, uh, show grace to ourselves because and if we don't know how to do that, we have to learn together. <laughs> we really do, right? And remind each other. We got we to gotta stick together, <laughs> you know, so that we, and we got to teach our families when we need that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and Lauren, do you find that also that you're, uh, when you're coming home and, you know, do you give yourself grace? Um, I'm working on it. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, another thing that I was kind of thinking when, when Brie was talking and I'm just connecting with all of these, um, these ideas is, uh, that idea of identifying what the problem is. Um, and she mentioned it like with her students that, you know, someone's lashing out at her. It's not because of what she's that, that interaction between teacher and student. It's because of something going on. That's with the student at home or at, lunch or with their friends or whatever it is. Um, the same thing happens with us. I mean, we're all people, um, carrying these emotions around and sometimes we take on the emotions of our students and that's really overwhelming. And so to come home and now it's a new setting and it's a new environment, but we still are carrying all of the emotional stress of the day and it does take a toll on us. But I think one thing that has been helpful is, um, having that grace for ourselves and recognizing what the problem is and why, what, what was the stressful thing that happened today? That's maybe making me feel angry or, or less patient or upset or sad at home. Um, once I can identify that or recognize, Oh, this, this sad thing happened with a student at school and that's really taking a toll on my heart. Then, um, I can share it at home and kind of it relieves that burden. And then I find I can be a little bit more patient and a little bit more um, relaxed and tolerant and all the wonderful things that we want to have in our life. But it, it really takes a lot of deep thought and reflection and really I like pinpointing what is triggering a, a, a less patient person in me. I, I totally agree. I um, recently, um, you know, I, I'm going through cancer treatments for breast cancer. And I, mm-hmm. and I actually went to a physical therapist a couple weeks ago. And, you know, I was wondering about, you know, why, you know, I'm struggling with, I just want to feel good. You know, I feel good. I'm physically feeling great. I'm cognitively feeling great. And, um, and he said, well, all your whole bucket, you know, you, when you're going through cancer treatments, your bucket is halfway already depleted Mm. and you're still trying to act like you have your reserve and you don't have that right now because the chemo has taken that. And I said to him, I said, I'm a teacher. I've never had a reserve. (laughs) You know, know, it's like the kid, you know, it takes it. And, and I really believe that. I mean, I'm, I'm saying that now, but it's, I mean, every teacher that I know, you know, I would say they are working at a, and, and especially in the last two years with the pandemic, we are coming without our reserves being fully stocked. 
And so I just kind of wonder, like, how do we, you know, we need that physical, we need the cognitive, and we need the emotional, all to be kind of balanced. But if we're starting out already depleted, with no reserve, we have to be able to fill the that bucket somehow, right? Mm -hmm. Together. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm thinking as we're going, we talk about us and we know, you know, teachers, it's a tough job, but we also beyond being teachers, we are also were learners and we were students back in the day. Some of us a little further back than others, me. Um, So I was wondering, like, when you were a kid, do you feel like you... I mean, obviously, all three of us are saying we don't feel like we're that patient. Is there anything our teachers could have done to help us with this, to become more patient people? Or is that their job even? I'm just wondering what your thoughts are there. I I don't know. Because it reminds me that you know, now as a teacher, I do want to help my students be patient with the process of learning. Um, Because I think those are the moments as a teacher when I feel the least patient is if there's something that I don't know, like I don't know how to deal with, or I don't know how to help them or, you know, like, I feel like patience is um, just all about time. (laughs) And learning is all about time. Yes. Um, and does time get in the way of patience? I think I think often. I think I think oftentimes um, <laughs> there are a lot of things that end up on teachers' plates that create constraints in how we give our students the space to struggle through something and mm-hmm. overcome it on their own. Um, like it just makes me think, uh, my fiance's son, uh, is eight and is currently taking reading tests every week and he has to read a story and then answer like a bunch of questions every week about the story. And we've been reviewing the story every week and, he had a really, really particularly difficult story last week, and oh, we struggled. We struggled so much, and we read the story out loud, and we came up with little songs to remember parts of the story, and we played word association to help his brain make connections, and he finally answered all of the questions that we had to answer, but it was a very long process. And um, I just think of a lot of the like deadlines and tests and um, standards that teachers have to say that their students have learned. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I rush through things that I should give my students more time with. Um, And I know I had teachers who rushed me through things I wish we'd spent more time on. And Lauren, I bet you see that in first grade even. I mean, 
Yes, <laughs> I do. I do think thinking about that idea of of teaching and learning patience. Um, it is it is something that we talk about a lot in first grade. Um, just going around and and every kid sharing what they did over the weekend. Some kids are a lot more able, you know, patient to wait for their turn or wait for everyone to share, even after they have shared and they have to listen to everyone. Um, and sometimes it's easy to identify, oh, wow, you're, thank you for being patient when you're waiting in line for your lunch or um, when you're waiting with your hand up and, you know, I'm still blah, blah, blah at the front of the room and I see a student waiting with their hand up, I can identify and we try to really call out like, wow, thank you for being patient. But when I think about being patient as a learner when you're developing skills, that feels a little bit harder um, to identify than... Um, maybe the scale of waiting, oh. if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And so sometimes, sometimes it feels like they're two different, two different skills or two different things, but they all are, fall under the umbrella of patience. And um, yeah, so we're, we, we teach patience in school and um, we see saying I am strong enough to wait and a little hand signal. And we really praise every time we see patients and, um, request it sometimes when we don't see patients, but I think being patient as a learner for yourself can be really, really challenging. And it goes kind of hand in hand with the idea of like grit or um, a hard work, hard working, and determined. I think those things all also are skills along with patience when it comes to maybe academic skills or um, athletic skills or musical skills or, you know, um, sticking with something and being okay with making a mistake the first time and learning from that and then being better the second time kind of feels like what patience is sometimes. Um, I don't know. I, we do talk about it a lot in first grade. <laughs> it is a big topic for us. And uh, I wonder if like we get away from that. I don't know. I feel like in sixth grade, you know, by that time, maybe we, maybe I have assumed that, you know, I had a Lauren in first grade that taught that to them, or maybe that their parents are working on it. And I don't, I'm not intentional about helping them with it. And I think I need to be a little more. And I think Bree said that also, like, I didn't even realize that maybe I have ignored it. I, I didn't directly put it into, you know, into my lessons or, um, and maybe even when they're reading, you know, noticing when characters have patience or mm. don't have patience and how it affects a story. And I mean, in history, I mean, maybe things have happened because of impatience, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. But I mean, hearing you kind of, hearing both of you really expand on this just like reminds me that I mean, especially today in our worlds of technology, yes. our, our kids are growing up with instant gratification all around. Yes. Yeah. This constant positive feedback, maybe constant negative feedback, but just feedback, like always. And every, I mean, you look at like the most popular ways of using social media are rooted in videos that last no longer than like two and a half minutes 
and tweets that are no longer than 60 characters or, you know, there's just, um, they're surrounded by um, just impatience. <laughs> uh, like we want what we want and we want it now and we want that feedback now. And um, so my students will turn in like a late assignment and they'll be like, well, miss, I need you to grade this now. Like my grade's not good because it was late. So I turned it in. I need you to grade it now. And I'm like, well, you didn't turn it in on time. <laughs> I have no reason to grade it right now. Yeah. Um, but of course, that's what they assume they're going to get because all around them, they have this just constant, um, instant feedback. And um, I think as a result, it's more important now than ever that we that we really set aside space for patients, not just when they're young and maybe a little squirrely or squirmish, you know, um, but even in every grade, like it makes me wonder how I could incorporate that more um, proactively in my classroom. Well, and that brings me back to those, that definition of patience, those two definitions. And one was the ability to remain calm when dealing with a difficult, annoying situation, task or person. But then that other definition, which the first one, the capacity to accept or tolerate delay. Hmm. And that sounds like, like the first definite or the second, the ability to remain calm sounds a lot like what Lauren was saying in first grade, you know, we're trying to teach kids like, Hey, this, you know, you kind of have to be calm and, and wait. And, and, but yet Bree, you sound like you're talking more about, they have to accept or tolerate delay just because they did, you know, they want it doesn't mean it's going to happen right then right mm -hmm. and so what happens when you tell them you can't get to that great to grade that assignment right then if they're getting angry or upset then they're not showing patience and i never really thought of it like that and that is something that we do have probably need to work on and and address as a class um i think that would be a really good learning situation <laughs> for them yeah. you guys have got me thinking I am so excited to um, to have our conversation and listeners if you wanted to um, join our conversation on March 8th we will be talking about patience um, and as teachers, learners, um, in whatever role, and this is part of TWIG, we just want to really think about some of these issues. Ladies, I know how busy you are, and I just want to say I appreciate your time. Thank you for speaking with us on patience and letting us know a little bit about your students and, and letting us be in your life a little bit and being so honest and candid. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Patty. Thank you so much for being patient with me. <laughs> it was, <laughs> oh, it was challenging you. for me to get hooked up on here. I had some technology difficulties. So thank you for being patient. And thank you for inviting us to be here. I appreciate um, this was This was really exciting. And I'm thankful that I got to be a part of it.
Well, I'm glad you made it. And thank you for being here. And Brie, thank you also. Thank it's you so much. <laughs> so cool to hear about, um, you know, from first grade all the way to 12th grade and you two, um, you know, being just working so hard. Lauren, you know, being there late. And Brie, we were talking about finding that balance. So I just appreciated getting to know the both of you better. So with that, I want to say have a good week and we'll see everybody. If you want to know more about Twig, twig twig.fun. Have a great evening, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. All right.